0: Mm. so uh, wisdom is the liberator mm. Mm. So concentration samadhi is a facilitator get things together find a stable center and uh, we can look at that very broadly speaking you know at, uh, Centered in one's ethical basis, centered in the goodwill, centered in the body, centered in clarity of attention, centered in presence. And these various ways in which we can find a, a center to operate from, when they're carefully handled, can uh, give rise to a very beautiful, comfortable abiding. Makes it a wisdom perhaps more um, available to penetrate if the mind is not tangled and confused. But wisdom is a liberator, mm-hmm. mm. it leads to freedom from all grasping, more positions more states, even happy states since happy states do change and are not self hmm. so something further than that, a reach further than that hmm. Well, wisdom is also is very. I can take it down to as a very kind of fairly mundane things. The ability to step back and decide is this better than that. That's what basic wisdom does. Wisdom of practice. This, this lead a little more. This pleasant or unpleasant, and then a little more lifting, a little more scope. It's pleasant now, but it leads to mm, mm, cause and effect. It's unpleasant now, but it actually does generate patience or strength or mm, release. It's pleasant now, but it does lead to carelessness. Or greediness or opinionatedness or something like that. So we just... Looking not just at the ability to discern can be first all just around basic pleasure and pain, and then more profoundly skillful and unskillful. where does this pleasure go? Does it go somewhere skillful? Mm-hmm. some some pleasant states are skillful, goodwill pleasant, skillful. Uh, the idea is yeah definitely cultivate states that are pleasant and skillful but the most important thing is they're skillful for <laughs> that you have to have that wisdom to rise and look at long term results and also where's it coming from and uh, where's it coming from and that takes deep insight actually you've got to penetrate the agent the one who does it the self, the the motivator and that's often quite a blurred place just just, hmm, felt like it seemed right or everybody else does this or I'm supposed to do that or they want me to, it's a kind of knee-jerk blur actually where did that come from, that that intention often from maybe some good idea or assumption Well, maybe not necessarily wrong just why not shine some light into that is it associated with grasping yeah. belief holding on to memories or perceptions is associated with that just to recognize how much of one's Motivations, some some based on assumptions, not necessarily evil, but just perhaps not clear and not examined and not revealed. You have a assumptions about what we should do, or get done, or achieve in practice, or what each of us is in our positions and roles, how good we are in, we're doing a good job or not, or where we are in our lives. Before we actually formulate, where's it? where's it coming from? Where's the agency of formulation beginning from? something to be become and does that work? What are the consequences of that? Generally I've found that the consequence of that one definitely does become and takes a position taking a position one favors this tends to reject or move away from that yeah, and and then what happens when one is unable to maintain what one's become? Mm-hmm. someone's become healthy or position of authority or having some free time and then that changes. Mm-hmm. How is that? Looking into that, is there a release from that that expectation? That that we just sensing factors arising in the present. Uh, Eagerness. These are not evil. Eagerness, aspiration, wish, want it to be better. You know, want to get away, want to make it this way or that way, or. Only I did this way; it would be fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And naturally, we do pick up that and run with it for a while. Uh, Inclination to, in a subtle sense, to achieve one's desired results. Mm. And (laughs) yes, sometimes. Yeah, the benefits, and then also things are not quite right, and so it goes. Check it out. The whole process of this is contemplation is—it's like just free inquiry, and keep looking into these bases. Mm-hmm. Even a subtle level, one should become more peaceful. Yeah, that'd be nice, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's look into turmoil or agitation or stress, mm, the pressures that reveal the pressures, and then where do those pressures find and not fed by expectation or by resistance, or mm, that would be a liberating. Wouldn't it? If we could have unpleasant feeling and not resist it, if we could have pleasant feeling and not hang on to it, looking very, very simply, the basic problem of sentiency, association with the disliked, dukkha, separation from the liked, dukkha, not being able to get what one wants, dukkha, <laughs> first noble truth. Just having that presented, you go, ah, ah. Mm. Uh, that's why this all uh, teachings the Four Noble Truths kind of covers it really as a template as a reminder of, of uh, practice of cultivation it's a wisdom teaching because it's pointing at all the positions that we form around check it out Dukkha Now that then transfers right down into the the five aggregates. Consciousness is constantly presenting sights and sounds and touches and thoughts. And they give rise to feeling. feeling, We form positions around that. Perceptions, meanings, interpretations and reactions and responses, the whole thing. Mm. And if we look at just the simple basis of, of feeling, we are sensitive to all of it. And a lot of it is psychological. Yeah. Sight, sound, touch, yeah. You can get that kind of manageable. I mean, You know, physical pain, of course, but a lot of it is really sight, sound, doesn't matter that much, it's psychological you know, too noisy, too quiet, not enough, too much too many people, not enough people space, lack of space these psychologies are felt and seemingly we don't necessarily have much say over our psychologies that's why it gets so locked Therefore, you know, one trains in that sense of just acknowledging the dukkha, the positions, waiting, awareness over that, that dukkha, awareness of it. Not even trying to stop suffering, awareness of that because you have consciousness, and you could be conscious of consciousness to put it simply, one could be aware of consciousness to make the language a bit easier and how are you aware of it, what is that? there's some kind of cognitive or emotional sense that I, you know I know it in my mind, my citta, my heart and you probably have a sort of a bodily sense to it I feel tightening up resistance yeah. to bodily and, and mental. And then just using some of these skills to say, well the body doesn't have a psychology, what about if you could just open your chest, breathe out, yeah. and, uh, and just come off the topic, feel just the, the Vedana in itself as it's vibrating just put aside if you can step back from the psychological positions one takes just go to the pure Vedana sensations as it's vibrant and go into the body and cultivate and also just get used to the fact that it's unpleasant you know, Dukkha in is, we don't like it. And a lot of this is, as I said, psychological. Yeah. So, like I guess, quite commonly, most of us, or well, I certainly seek or sought autonomy. I want to be a free person. This was, you know, well, probably a common enough idea. And in my days, that was always non-conform. Get out of the rat race, the trap, the blind, mainstream thing. It's just, yeah, an understandable position. But then, what do you follow? You follow instinct, intuition, some of it's useful, some of it confused. You can't actually hold a lifestyle together without some sort of sense of a game plan some conforming to something and you've actually got to get it so it works with other people so there you get a little group who are conforming to non-conformist standards <laughs> Here we are. so I did that for a while and it was kind of chaos <laughs> like whose turn is it to do the washing up I, did, you know, I have to have a democratic decision I'll just do it easier than just going through all that hassle you know, people are different so everybody's going to be different how can you actually form a coherent thing? Mm. so I didn't... I confused by that it seemed like a good idea, it just couldn't actualize mm. and then okay, we can agree upon morality, moral standards, sensitivity and again you can have different takes on exactly how refined morality is. Is your speech abusive or not? When you say that I feel offended. Does that mean your speech is abusive or it just means I'm thin-skinned? I've got a kind of, you know, place there that's a bit delicate you know, it gets kind of very tricky if you try to take any of these things as ultimates. You know, so you just end up just doing the best you can and wait for the dukkha to happen. (laughs) And deal with it. (laughs) Mm. Uh. And it's not cynical. I mean, one can revert to that, "Ah, you know, it's all just, that's what you can do but that doesn't give rise to happiness and ease you end up in a sort of dismissive state So just, no, it's, it's like this for everybody we're all not getting what we want we're all utterly conforming to the same rule not getting what we want <laughs> so, oh, that sort of takes the pressure off doesn't it And then the mind kind of opens to something, however, whether it's because your partner is weird, you know, or because you don't like chanting, or because da 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 da, you know, basically getting that same pattern. And then, what is it that doesn't? What is it that doesn't get what it wants? Mm. Good point. Mm. Look into that, and I think this is what this uh, teaching is always a kind of reliable. The Buddha says, it's like the elephant's footprint, everything else he taught fits inside it. But you, this one is your liberator. Everything else you do to fit into that footprint, mm. in order to dukkha, must be understood, penetrated, inquired into. at the source. It's a feeling. You could say in some ways it's a philosophical position. Universe ends, the earth dies, you know, things don't ever complete, things break up, there is pain. Yeah, well I can, you know, look at my screen or something and figure all that out, but you know, death of the universe doesn't bother me as much as the person who's got a sniffy nose sitting next to me in the meditation hall i like, (laughs) really? because I can feel that that's where the, the dukkha becomes a felt experience and you feel it where you feel it in the nerve endings there widening one's awareness from that we're very tuned uh, systems, system is very tuned to displeasure highly sensitive to the unpleasant probably more than the pleasant we don't notice the non-suffering we don't notice that we're warm and dry and fed we're not hungry is dry and warm, we, don't, we notice that, we notice the bits that annoy me, irritate me, disappoint me. We really, we tune into that, oh. right. so, you know, that and, the thing, and then it's widening, one's perspectives, one's attitudes and then widening one's awareness to include the uncomfortable. Mm. And it's always like this. The privilege of old monks is we can tell you how much worse it was in the old days. (laughs) And in the future you'll be able to say how much worse it was in the old days. Yes, it is, uh, a group practice, can be quite, some stress in it because of the Time, click, bang, bell, in there, click, dong, you know, that kind of thing. That, you know. Whatever. Okay. Uh, but you know, certainly in Ambawati, when we started doing these things, a two months group practice, and in this, what was then the the old retreat center, the main hall, of sala, which has now been taken down, the kitchen adjoined it, so the kitchen and the laundry, so you'd be sitting there in the morning near this, oh anything, a uh, clang, bang, crash, somebody's making the go, okay, five, four, and then the spin dryer, then the notice is, please don't do the spin drying, so, you know, so there's always this stuff going on. You can feel the kind of impact. Mm. This is learning to open and expand through it, and because it was a very open place, you get people of dubious um, psychological stability drifting in, with various um, behaviours that <laughs> were challenging <laughs> and running around the sala and there trying to <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's abandon the sala. We go over to what's now the retreat centre, and this was this kind of long dorm and then a long hall. And there the thing was warmth, because it was always winter time. So the thing was warmth versus fresh air. So you get in there, oh it's cold in there. So shut the windows and if so stuffy in here. Somebody comes in, opens the window. Somebody comes in, draughty in here, closes the window. Somebody comes in, why oh, it's so stuffy here, opens the window. So eventually, I'd have a kind of a window officer. There's so only one person allowed to open the windows because it was just always banging to and fro. Oh, it's got this draft down my neck, you know. I can't breathe. <laughs> So they'd do it during the walking meditation, open all the windows, and then they come in and all the windows would be shut and you'd sit there. I mean, and they were all jammed together in that hall. Pretty pretty close up. Yeah. And then day after day. There was always grey, grey emeraldy winters. Everything was grey. Everybody looked grey. The gruel was grey. The tea was great. <laughs> some kind of strange, you know, sort of a um, you know minor <laughs> purgatory of some kind? We wait for release, and then just, just then, okay, in a sort of sense of just feeling all that and that opening, allowing it all to be there. Allowing all resistance to, to be there. Fantasies one would create about getting some nice little hermitage somewhere warm on one's own. Be there. Building projects. How to redesign the shrine room to make it better. That would be there. <laughs> how to that monk who was in real pain get rid of him. That would be there. <laughs> and actually just all this stuff melting down into that fundamental Vedana. Oh, and then opening widening mm. so in the opening and realizing that the chitta can do this well, that provide almost like a drainage channel for the dukkha to just move out it still wasn't wasn't it fan- great and fantastic and ideal but it was just' it was an ending to that and the uh, psychologies of associated with holding on to this world of consciousness, conscious experience. Mm. Oh. Becoming independent within that. And some of this is kind of relatively easy, some of it's quite deeply embedded because we have all kinds of almost embodied tangles and tightness and tensions and start to build up. And it's useful just to really notice where it is. This is the inner body with its tangles like this. And clearly one can Cultivate various things, practices, certainly I found qigong Gong very helpful for that, breathing helpful for that, but also just, you know, some, some things get, get stuck, do I have to be stuck because it's stuck? sometimes uh, the Buddha gave this example uh, about the Four Noble Truths he said, say someone says to you look, I've got a deal for you deal this deal is that in the morning they're going to stab you with a hundred spears in the afternoon they'll stab you with a hundred spears evening, guess what? (laughs) this is going to happen every day for a hundred years you can bear this for a hundred years, at the end of that hundred years you'll understand the Four Noble Truths. If somebody offers you that deal, shake their hand. And I'll tell you, this experience will be associated with great joy and happiness. Mm. And of course what does stab us, Sights, sounds, touches, thoughts—you know—maybe you can't get a hundred physical spears into your body in a morning. You can probably do a <laughs> thousand with your mind. Mm. And like he says, sometimes it takes a while for something almost almost reflexive to begin to soften and release well, that patience is practice just bearing with it Ajahn Chah said you know the, one of the things about cultivators is you you know it's all about letting go but 90% of the time you can't do it something isn't ready yet so being really compassionate and patient with that which is not ready yet so we never give up we never lose faith because we're stuck and struggling and come with silly thoughts and you know petty quarrels or profound treatises of grievance or miserable <laughs> analysis of ourselves we never give up faith and this is the kind of stuff that happens, as the unawakened, grasped aggregates start to meet their own limitations, but they're the limitations of the aggregates, they're not your limitations, they're the limitations of the conceivable, the perceivable. The felt, the formed, the conscious, the imitations of that, and even though the presentation of the five aggregates may seem a little bit difficult to understand, once you get it, you think, oh yeah, that's all that. That's right. It's consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forms. Oh, feeling. Yeah, feeling. Mm-hmm. We think that's all. Assume that's all nothing other than that is it? that's what the unawakened being understands and to transform so that there is an awareness of those aggregates that's what the pressure and the perseverance and the patience is about and it's wise to know that. And it's also wise to know to really appreciate that one is gaining strength, scope, patience, openness, non condemnation of others, mm. Mm. not arrogant idealism, not. Resisting, you're not fantasizing, you're gaining a lot, just even in the process. Even in the process of entering these, one is gaining. We should remember that and look into that. Mm. I think it was particularly at Amarwadi, where really I could kind of manage the fairly chaotic situation with kinds of people wandering in and out, some of them with not much sanity and frankly and uh, sometimes not much ability to communicate and do all kinds of stuff at any time Uh, and people driving up the driveway which was completely open we had this idea the doors to the deathless are open so we no gates people would drive around their car honking the horn shouting at people (laughs) Ripping off the mailboxes, pushing the Buddha Rupas over, kind of hooligans. Just eventually just going to something kind of like a sense of love. Like, wow, there's so much struggling and dukkha and confusion in this world. mm, Sort of altruistic quality of, why had any more to it? (laughs) Any more fighting, any more resisting, any more, why had any more to it, just open to it. Uh, And just finding that space where I can be here, or there can be presence here, I'm autonomous from my wishes and preferences Either I have them or they're there but at least there's some autonomy from it mm. that's my thing you know you can't make anybody else have it nobody else can give it to me and clearly it doesn't always work for people but we learn and nobody goes through this whole retreat process and cultivation and training without developing considerable amount of Barami. Strengths, virtues, patience, renunciation, goodwill. You always get a payoff. Every time you meet Dukkha in this wise way, you get some kind of payoff. And notice that. Mm. and that domain where the mind thinking mind measuring mind stops doing that Mm. again it said this should be known the domain where the mind manas, manuvinyana conceiving mind when it stops that should be known that is to be known how do you know it? you don't know it as a thought you know it as a realization that's felt space is peaceful Mm -hmm. detached, dispassionate things stopped this should be known it's worth it because this domain when you've touched into that, most of us probably touch into that and then find something grabs and finished yet. Something grabs us or tightens us or winds us up and go, okay, let's go back again. But once we've touched into that, that other domain, oh, this is this is what it was all about. This is. This is the domain of freedom. And one's faith is then turns into confidence. And confidence becomes gladness. And gladness becomes happiness. And happiness becomes deep presence, of contentment and ease in the midst of it all. Mm. Mm. And it's from this whereby one's motivations, one's intentions become endowed with goodwill because what else is there to do? So it's a kind of lovely fruition going down that that vortex, the one spinning down into dukkha. Dukkha is the condition for the arising of faith. And that's how it is. Faith is a condition for the arising of gladness. Gladness is a condition for the arising of joy. Joy is a condition for the arising of ease is a condition of the arising so it spirals down and it spirals up yeah. and that's the, it's the transcendent uh, conditionality of practice mm. makes us, our lives noble and perhaps there's nothing more we could wish for that would be higher more fulfilling than that So let's take some time to enter our individuality in silence